This is Courtney. I play McKenna Ali, your favorite Loxodon. Well, let's be honest, your favorite character. I want to thank you for joining us on this adventure. Starlight has taken a lot of love from all four of us, and from the bottom of our hearts, we are so thankful. Every review, every subscribe, every Patreon subscriber, or in any way that you give back to Starlight means the world to us. And in case you didn't know, each reading or review helps reveal our podcast for those finding new podcasts and adventures to go on. I truly hope you enjoy the venture ahead. Until next time, see you later, spacers. And welcome to Starlight, guys. This is May 2nd. No, wait. Hold up. I'm getting ahead of myself. Again, this is past Isaac talking to present audience. This is second week of March. I'm back from Altitude Camp. And Courtney and I are here to bring you more of her individual story with McKenna as the spacers have broken up into three different directions. Courtney, if you could introduce yourself, please, as you are playing McKenna Ali. Take the floor! Okay, okay, okay. We get it. You're in character. But seriously. And... Take the floor! Ugh. All right, you're really in the Loxodon role today, aren't you? <laughs> With that, why don't we jump into this episode of Starlights? Neuralink, would you please mind accessing memories? Accessing. Adopting a plan. McKenna, a.k.a. Marty McFly and Thirsteen, a.k.a. Josiah McFly. Head to the orphanage where Speaker Hulse Lover is being kidnapped. Unsure of where to begin in terms of breaking in and finding the giant vat of brain cells, McKenna decides to go in under the pretense of adopting. Of course, given McKenna's history within Naguva's cult and the loss of her actual daughter, McKenna's interests in adopting a child are more personal than she lets on. Hopefully, in the process, they can get a lay of the facility and determine where Thyra's Lily Press gang might be holding Clay Zenzel hostage. Things quickly take an interesting turn, however, when she recognizes a familiar face, Seesaw, their guide to the Loxodonian temple only a day earlier. Will Marty McFly be able to stay on task? Memories Retrieved Thirsty notices you looking at him, and he says, Is that the one you're interested in? Maybe. We'll, we'll have to... I don't know. We can't make any decisions. That's quickly. right, because we have to look around. So no getting sold right now until after we've walked around. I agree. I want to make sure the children here are treated well. And I look at Josiah, and I look at the lady who's working here. So, as you kind of look at her she finally introduces herself and she says i'm Aliris. 
the headmistress of this establishment, uh, as it is been given to me by our patron and owner of the Lonely Cord, and, well, it has been quite a few days before we've had someone interested, what with all the excitement. So, let us get straight to it. Who? I'm sorry, who's the patron of the Lonely Cord? I have no idea of the connections there. Oh, um, well, that, that would be Thyra. Thyra, she... And what is her interaction? Oh, she's a... How does she... She's a prevalent businesswoman within Nanoi. And she hmm. herself, well, her story's famous. She was a uh, orphan herself, born hmm. on the bottom crust. Well, she doesn't often divulge. Actually, she's never divulged where from, but she makes it sound like one of the prime worlds, one of the underworld sections where the light doesn't touch. Anyways, it's it's amazing that she's made it out this far and started her own business and it's thriving and she gives back by building this orphanage and making sure that we have the funds to take care of kids and she then lowers her voice and she says what with the silicate mining and all it requires a lot of the hardworking folks here mostly miners to go into caves and openings to gather silicate but with the constant threat of earthquakes there's a lot of families left behind hmm hmm I can see how that would be hard on the kids. It is truly amazing what Thyra's doing here. What an incredible woman she must be. Well, she she's made a difference. Now, are you close with her? Me? Um, no closer than the normal person. I mean, we have the quarterly checkups where we talk about where funds are going. Um... Uh, every once in a while, she she does have, uh, and she kind of points as you guys are now in the main, like, kind of waiting area of the orphanage. A lot of the kids have kind of mm-hmm. gone off to the various uh, classrooms and stuff. She points out through the tinted windows to the shipping containers over there. She, says, she often will have some of her uh, supplies for her business left over there. Um, and every once in a while, I would say that's probably the most... Uh, pressing thing, although she does make surprise checkups here. Good, good. I imagine her involvement being really necessary, and I just, I just imagined what an incredible woman she must be. And she probably checks up here regularly, and it's very involved in the children's lives. And I'm sure with a personal story of having grown up in an orphanage, she really is is just very much involved in the process here. Um, yeah, it's very cool work that you all are doing here, Lyris. Yes. Well, oh, yes. Okay. Well, uh, all of this talk is good. Do show me around. Yeah, show me around. Show me where the kids are living, and, and then we can talk money part of all this later. My dear husband here, Josiah, is very on top of our finances and has worked all the numbers, so we can hopefully bring a kid home today. <clears throat> Quite. Quite a big numbers guy I am. Oh, well, that's that's wonderful. Numbers do keep a family going. It's the number one cause of divorce is b- a bad understanding of numbers. And with that, she starts taking you through this orphanage. Uh, she points down various halls and she says, These are the classrooms. As you can see... Can you show us the classrooms? Like, in the classrooms, we'd love to see. All of them? Yeah. 
I mean, just to think of where our little our little one has been going to school for so long. I would love to just take a peek inside of them. But the kids are having classes. We try not oh, to disturb them. Oh, even better. Them. Are there windows so that we can just peek in? Go ahead and make a persuasion roll. DC 14. Seven. You have inspiration if that's what you want to use it on. No, I don't want to use it on that. She frowns and kind of tugs at her ear. Josiah, honey. I'm sorry. The kids get riled up. Now, so as I was saying, these are the, the classrooms, and most of them are here on the west wing, although we do have a few for the older kids on the eastern wing. And she rounds a corner, takes you to a central uh, area that's kind of a big open space, and she's, this is a gym, as well as uh, you can see there, along where those tables are against the wall, and the bookshelves, this is also kind of a uh, relax, do work, play games, kind of anything the kids need to burn off energy, especially if the day's not going too well and it's rainy or whatever. But, um, yes, I guess then we should probably be on to the sleeping spaces, yes? Yes? Josiah, is there anything here that you wanted to see, dear? Go ahead and roll a die 100 roll. Uh, that would be a 17. He looks about... You do see in the corners of this like main kind of like atrarium of a room that there are two per corner of those bots. Silver, sleek, faceless and head. They kind of have like uh, this, they have like a line that runs across the front of the head and it has just like a red dot that goes back and forth with a zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom. Weapons in hand. Although, uh, as Alaris sees you looking at them, she says that they're quite harmless. We have them quite under control. What happens if if they get out of control? They don't get out of control because they're not thinking machines, dear. I mean, I hate when everyone says that. You build something to think and then you don't want them to think. Well. It's... Ugh. And then she... I mean, I see what you're saying. ...stops and bites the bottom of her lip, and she says, You wouldn't be a sympathizer, would you? You know, I don't know what I am these days. I get confused all the time. But I don't think so, but then I wonder... I don't know. I feel like it's a really complicated topic. You make an insight roll. Oops. 18... You realize after you say that, that the look she's giving you is not a look of, like, healthy debate. It is a look of judgment. And... That's fair. I want you to make a charisma roll. Nine. Hmm. That's good to know. To the sleeping spaces. And, again, she starts taking you around the building up to the sleeping spaces. Elyris, I just think it's a really complicated topic, and I don't think I'm necessarily a sympathizer with sense, but I just recognize the complexity the complexity of of that, of this whole process with sense and um yeah. So I I don't sympathize with sense, but I recognize how complex of an issue it is. 
Um, so I want to ease any concerns that you have there. I'm sorry if I um, rubbed you the wrong way in any way. That wasn't my intent at all. Huh. It's fine. And she kind of stops, smiles, but it's a very fake smile. And she says, some people believe their worlds are flat. Other people sympathize with sense. We all choose our paths, don't we? That's a very weird comparison, isn't it, dear Josiah? Um, and then I am just going to follow her. I want to kind of do some insights as we're walking through and see if any like red flags pop up. And I kind of want to make a map of the place in my head and insight into different rooms. Okay. How would you use insight on a room? Perception. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just Go as ahead. we're walking. Um, okay. Go yeah. at the pace that you're walking. It is very hard to make uh good perception checks you could dawdle behind just slightly if you wanted it might look a little suspicious at times but well i do need to not look suspicious at this point because i already have one thing going against me um so i won't do that but maybe i'll just take disadvantage on my perception rolls take a take two perception checks both with disadvantage okay one is going to be a 10 and then one is going to be another 10 okay as you're making your way through the orphanage everything seems to kind of like make sense seems on the up and up i mean it's kind of weird with the bots guarding things so heavily but at the same time it is also in the aftermath of the explosion on the house of roses <laughs> but there is one thing that catches your eye it is as you're kind of coming to the lift that would lead up to the second and third floor where the different kid where the kids live second floor being like the dorm for girls third being the dorm for boys you see something that catches your eyes there is a ever so subtle shift of movement down the hallway from you. Your gaze kind of fixes in that direction. Something shiny catches your eyes from the light. It is a set of three bots. They stand at the end of this kind of like long dead end hallway. There's just a wall behind them. And where all the other bots moved bef didn't move before, you just catch the ever so subtle shift as one of the bots kind of moves slightly. And then standing still. And then... There's no door behind that wall? Nope. And then the lift opens with a... <laughs> I need you to make an intelligence roll to see with disadvantage as it's not your specialty to see if you can memorize the layout fairly well of the orphanage. Okay. That would be... That's a 17. Okay. Wait, did you say disadvantage? Yes. Then a 15. You're pretty sure, like, it's a pretty simple route, and you're able to kind of get that in your mind 
As the elevator door is closing, can I do like an extra perception to see if there's like any sign of any door or entryway behind those bots? Just something that like shows me why those bots would be there. That would be ideal. So that would be a 21. I mean, there's not really much for you to glean from it. There's no windows. It is a hall that goes about 25 feet back and then just ends. Okay, there's something in that hall then. So the first floor is, as you can see, where a lot of the daily activities happen to take, where the daily activities happen to take place. And the second floor is going to be the girl's dorm, which the door is open. She shows you kind of around. You just see like a set of like just tons of beds. It, there's no individual rooms. Everything, there's like trunks at the end of the beds. There's lockers. There's a pretty decent shower and, and bathroom setup, uh, but it's all kind of like communal living sort of thing. And then she takes you to the boys dorms and again from like a it's a very it's set up very similar to the girls except the difference is there's urinals and they're just like in the girls dorm there's plenty of windows with plenty of light that comes in and she takes you back to the elevator and takes you as you're kind of like on the way down to floor one and she says so now that you've seen the building and all the different things about it we can talk about maybe what you're looking for in a kid what we can find or maybe you saw one that you were interested in you know Josiah what do you think of kind of branching out to maybe two kids I think a boy and a girl at an older age would be so enjoyable just to really help those older kids who who probably have a lower chance of being adopted in the first place and i just i feel like i've always wanted a boy and a girl so we could just do both honey what do you think his eyes furrow darkly no that was not the deal okay okay well i I would love to just meet any older boys and girls that you have um, available who would be interested in a family like ours. I think that we can put that together. Why don't we come back out to the waiting room and I will gather them up. Uh, It shouldn't be more than 15 minutes to get them all, uh, let's say, removed from their classes, cleaned up and tell you about themselves. Okay, preferably the ones who may have been here or the longest or have maybe the hardest stories. Um, hmm. Yeah, it would be interesting to to meet them. I think we can do something about that. And she takes you to the waiting area. It's like any other waiting area. It has the infamous water cooler in the corner. There's like the bad bags of popcorn and she l- closes the door behind her, um, leaving you and your fake partner, Josiah McFly, standing next to you. Josiah rubs what you know is his hair 
but is actually just like looks like he's rubbing a bald head but his hands kind of like go through the top of it uh because it's an illusion as he scratches it and he looks at you and says two kids two kids you're a joke just tell you there's cameras there's definitely cameras watching us marty i think you're a joke now i'm gonna go find a bathroom Please do, dear. Um, Josiah, the reason that I, I changed my mind about potentially wanting two kids is I saw two who really liked they needed a home. And I couldn't help but just have a little compassion. So I'm sorry that I changed the plans on you. Um, one, while you go to the bathroom, take your time in there is, is great. I'm sorry, dear. Oh. And he slowly walks out of the room, muttering to himself, and the door closes behind him. But you kind of watch as he shoves one hand into his pocket where you know that all of his, like, hacking supplies are. Okay. Leaving you alone in the room. Time passes, though, and eventually the doors open, and you see about a cluster of four kids walk in. And Josiah's not back. Josiah is not back. He is still in the bathroom, which uh, Alaris walks in after the group of four. The group of four is first headed by kind of a scrawny, uh, but probably 15-year-old boy with kind of a piece of um, straw in one mouth. Although it's actually just more of a long toothpick. And you see a dingier boy behind him. You see Sisa, the third. And then in the fourth spot is just a gnome who is, oh, probably about two and a half feet tall and kind of waddles in leading up the pack. And Lyris walks in behind them and looks around and says, oh, where's, where's your husband? You know, I think he got lost in the bathroom. Uh, he has some he has some stomach issues, and so I imagine he might be in there for a moment. Um, would you mind, Alirus, giving me a little a little background on each of these kiddos? Um, and then I would love to spend time chatting with them. But I would love kind of your your description on who they are and their stories and. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. I guess I should have asked you that before they came in here. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that I need to give you the descriptions. I think that they can themselves, right, boys? Uh, so start with you, Dylan. <sighs> hey, I'm Dylan. Is he the one with the toothpick in the mouth? Yes. He kind of okay. has sandy hair and... <laughs> I don't know, been here for about as long as I can remember, and uh, I, I'm really thankful for the opportunity to be sponsored by Thyra and, uh, and the, the, the orphanage, and it's really changed my life. Dylan, you sound like you're going through something that was written for you. Can you tell me about you, Dylan? Make a persuasion roll. 22. 
well, I, I like building robotics, mostly drones. What else? Tell me more. What makes you special? Who are you? I just, I, How'd you get here? I lost my family, just like everyone else. And then Alluris kind of s- steps in and says, All right, on to the next one. The you know, family doesn't have all day. Trent? Hey, Trent. Uh, you want my actual story? Well, kind of the same as everyone else. I lost my parents at the silicate mines. Uh, although my sister's a little bit older, but she is trying to make it big out in the hollow nets. Yeah, uh, she actually just made it on one of the B-list, B-list films, and so. But anyway, she doesn't have time for me. Um, and but you know, I- I'm gonna join the Federation and be a pilot one day. So, we we have a great friend who's was a pilot, or he thinks he was a pilot, and it's very he's awesome. And there's a lot of great career paths that direction. I would highly encourage you going down that avenue. Okay. Mm-hmm. And your name? There's a long pause as the recognizable boy sees a... He looks like he's bruised, battered. It's a little, like... Has, like, raccoon eyes. Um, Are these bruises from his adventure with us? Or did this look different from when he was with us? Make a perception roll. 21. It looks, I'm rolling good. It looks like bruises from the adventure, and you even actually see, like, kind of like underneath a gauze band, a little bit of a burn mark. Okay. Uh, see, so. He looks down at his feet, looks at you, and says, You're awfully big to be a woman. And immediately, Allura slaps him on the back of the head with a toosh. Gosh, you're never going to get adopted that way. I don't even know why I brought you here. You're awfully smart to be in an orphanage. Now, what happened to your parents, Seesaw? Why don't you make a charisma roll? Mm, nine. <sighs> Does it matter? Everyone loses their parents. Everyone at some point. It's just another story. A family gone. And one day, maybe I'll have kids. Maybe I'll love someone. I'll be gone too. It's just the cycle of life. Hmm. Interesting perspective. I will get rid of him. You go ahead and talk to... Oh, please don't. Please don't get rid of him. He's the most authentic one here. When you say that, Alaris looks confused, and she leans in, and she says, he's, he's trouble. We've caught him boosting speeders, stealing from people. He does, I, I think he likes it here. He does everything he can to stay here. Do you know what, Alaris? That is all the more reason I would want him. Sisa uh, kind of hears that, and he is. I said you were fat. You're horrid. Well, I don't want to be around you. Cesar, I think you and I, I'm not making any decisions. I'm not saying I'm going to adopt you. I'm not saying I'm welcoming you into my home. But I think you and I have a conversation 
further than now. And so I do not want you to leave the room. That's all I was asking. He crosses his hand as you crosses his arms as you're looking down at the little gnome who is like kind of like jumping up and down on both feet. There's a big grin on the gnome's face and you can actually see that even though this gnome is, according to Lyris, about 31, he has a very, very, very white beard. And Lyris also leans in once more and she says, um, there aren't very many gnomes anymore and they're really unique in that they mature very very slowly hi oh galdabal this is pleased to meet you nice to meet you well uh, i don't think you're ugly one bit i think you're the prettiest girl lady that has ever come through this orphanage thank you i mean I would be inclined to agree. Well, you, oh, you're welcome. Here, tell I, me. I, I got, tell me about you. How'd you get here? Who are you? Oh, What's your story? He breathes heavily. Well, they say that I woke up here in a bassinet left by my parents with a note, and the note tells me that they were great magicians. Technomancers. And that's why I can do this. And he wow. hurries his hand up into the air, and you see like the there's a shimmering, and he watches a trick that took you a long time to learn in terms of illusions. He makes a butterfly kind of like appear uh in your neuralink, and it just kind of flutters beautifully in front of you. And then he closes it and it disappears, and he's well, my, my my parents they weren't ready to have me, so they left me here to find a better family, the 31 years worth, but I'm sure they'll come around. And uh, well, hopefully soon, I'm going to be an adult in nine years, but uh, I hope to find them one day. They, they, they were trying to become some of the best illusionists in all of the galaxy. Wow, that is amazing. Um, Can I... Please have a moment alone with Seesaw. <sighs> and there's a kind of a deep sigh from Seesaw as everyone starts to leave the room. Galdabal is kind of the last one being kind of shuffled out by uh, Alaris. And she's like, come on in. But Galdabal kind of has one hand up. He, but, but I can also, I can also. Seesaw, why do you not want to be adopted? Do I have to talk to you? No, you don't. No one's forcing you. But it is interesting to be your age and to be in an orphanage and have no desire to be adopted. Make a persuasion roll. And and to quite frankly seem like you're trying to do the opposite. Who? 22. I like it here. What do you like about it? It's easy to make a living. Alaris told you? You're a kid. How do you make a living? By stealing. How else? Why do you feel like you have to steal? Because I can. Why? Like, look. Why steal versus get an education and learn something and do something with your life where you're not a criminal? Look, lady. I don't know who told you anything. 
but there are multiple ways you can go through life. I'm taking the fast track. You've also taken the more dangerous one, dear. He raises his eyebrow as if, what is that supposed to mean? And then he kind of leans forward. Can you roll a die 100? 55? I feel like there's something familiar about you. I w- Your voice kind of sounds the same. I was thinking the same about you. And he starts to lean forward even closer as if there it feels like there's about to be a moment when he, you like almost like worry for a second as if he's about to recognize you when the door opens and takes both your attention. And you see Thirsting walk back in and he goes, ah, oh, Marty dear. Marty, oh, is this the one? Thirsting, this is just, this oh, wait, is, um, uh, who? or Josiah. Don't, don't Josiah, use my brother's this... name with me. I'm, I'm sorry. That was so rude of me. This is Caesar. He does not want to be adopted. And I'm trying to figure out why. Tisa, this is Josiah. And Josiah could potentially be your future dad. If anyone was interested in adopting you. And I think you should meet him. He, Tisa kind of gives Josiah the same look over. And doesn't put out his hand to shake Josiah's. But Josiah also gives him an equally interested eye. And he says, uh, Marty, a word, if you might. Yes, dear. I was just, we'll just take it out into the hallway real quick. Okay. And you can, you just catch Alaris shuffling the rest of the the teenagers away um and just josiah thirsting crosses his arms and he says i was able to get into the mainframe so to speak and there's indeed an entire facility under here um so one Mm. that's one thing two there's something interesting about those crates and i just can't help but feel that Styra's doing more than stuffing food and cutlery and drinks in it. And two... You mean three? Three. It's been a long time with you. Three. I recognize that boy. Me too. How do you recognize him? He frequents Thyra's shop often. Lonely Cord. He's... He went with us to the, um temple and i was very rude to him if anyone's gonna know or have an idea that boy does jobs for her often i don't know if she trusts him i know but he's our in potentially more than any of these other kids i say we get him and we get information out so of should him. we but we're his parents and we have to keep a disguise on the whole time right because if he finds out who i am then he'll he'll hate me. It's not quite my concern, but you, you can keep your disguise on, and I'll get information out of him. I think we adopt him. Okay, if he sees you, does he know who you are? Like uh, outside of your disguise? Not likely. Okay. Not that it will matter. Okay, then let's do it. 
All right. <laughs> you guys walk back into the room and announce it. And you just... Wait, first I want to ask him. Not just announce it. Seesaw, we just had a conversation outside the door and we'd really like to adopt you. We don't want to do it without your consent. Would you be okay with us adopting you and bringing you into our home? Make a persuasion roll with disadvantage. 14. Absolutely not. And... Why? At that point, you see Thurston kind of nod his head. You're going home with us. <laughs> Looks like you're coming home with us, dear Seesaw. I look forward to you being our son. And I go off to find Alira to sign the paperwork. And I think that that's probably as Seesaw is kind of fighting you the entire way. <laughs> and you head to Alaris to get the paperwork signed and uh, Thirsting under the disguise of Josiah McFly and you under the disguise of Marty McFly go about all of the proprieties of adopting this kid and potentially being able to pick his brain for information on Thyra um, as well as walking out with an idea of entry points to areas of intrigue within the orphanage and with there i think we'll call that a game and with the intent of actually becoming his mother and with the intent of actually becoming his mother <laughs> and with that we will see you next time so thanks for being on this adventure with us spacers bye see you later Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.